Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, book two, Earth, episodes 12 and 13, if I have that right, uh, which is City of uh, Walls and Secrets. 14 and 15. 14 and 15, thank you. City of Walls and Secrets and Tales of Ba Sing Se. Um, and we have to kick things off with, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and I'm very curious if we overhyped it for you, Allison. I, I'm hoping we didn't. But we massively overlooked something in the last podcast. Okay. And so we can't do that again. And that is a very important return of the Cabbage Guy, Marcus called it. So welcome <laughs> back, Cabbage Vendor. How we've missed you. Uh, Allison, now that we've given appropriate tribute to the Cabbage Guy, uh, the Cabbage Vendor, uh, how did you feel about these episodes? And did we indeed overhype them? No, you know, when you start talking about how excited you are, at this point, I'm just like, oh, they'll be good. And then I have no other expectations because the show is good. So like, it's no surprise that it would be good. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really liked both of these episodes. I'm a big fan of 22 short films about Springfield. So I was delighted (laughs) um, to have a series of little vignettes. Uh, I thought that um, Tales of Bossing Say was just wonderful. And speaking of Bossing Say, wow. What a letdown. And I mean that in the best possible way. Um, I just, I was up, I was down, I was high, I was low, I was sad, I was happy, I was crying, I was very concerned about Momo. It was a wild ride. Mm -hmm. Keenan says, my texts to Scotty and Allison at this point are basically, where Appa? On repeat. Mm -hmm. So, Noel, shall we spoil it for them? The title of the next episode is... Is Appa's Lost Days. (laughs) <laughs> so tomorrow we're we're only watching one for tomorrow oh and it's Appa's yes. <laughs> Appa's Lost Days. Keenan says, Thank fuck good grief, where's my fluffy guy? And Noel, where is he? Where's our little Oh I got him. Hang on. Got him? Yeah, I got him. He's right here. Yeah. Oh here hello, buddy. Scotty says, I gasped in the first one with each new dread filled reveal about Bossing Say and fucking cried with poor little Momo. Yeah. Yeah, when the when the cats, his like new buddies, are like, no, snarf <laughs> with the fur. I was like, no. Anyways, we'll get to that. Let's start with though the city uh, of secret walls and secrets, secret and walls. Um, he says, "Poor little mom, I would give my heart to spare him a sad single, a single sad chirp." And yes, mom is very good. Very. Anyways, more on that tomorrow. Um, so we have our introduction to Bussing Say, uh, and like you said, Allison, boo, boo. Bossing say the the line I had forgotten starts this early is there is no war in Bossing say, or I remembered it being there is no not there's no war in Bossing say. Yeah. Um. So just Judy and the grin and all of it. What 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 did you think? And I mean Clancy Brown always love Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, yes. You know I should have guessed high profile voice casting yesterday because I think there is a decent chance that one of my guesses would have been Clancy Brown because he shows up in everything. Everything, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could be looking down a Caldwell right now. Um, I uh, was delighted by that casting. What a perfectly nightmarish, controlling bureaucrat. What a terrifying city. All of those miserable people. Judy, what a nightmare, but not as much as a nightmare as Judy 2.0. 
Um, I just, it's so grim. And the, the, this airs on Nickelodeon, this airs on Nickelodeon refrain that I've been using with Appa doesn't apply here because it's like a much more everyday, but somehow more chilling kind of reveal. Like there, okay, so there is no utopia. Um, There is no place that's safe. There is no, if you go to a place that's safe, you have to consider what the cost is going to be and how people are reacting. And it just, um, yeah, was distressing. Mm-hmm. Very distressing. Hune says, so creepy and unnerving and disappointing, so scary. And Scotty says, oh, God, the new Judy chills. Yeah. Real creepy. Super creepy. Yeah. I love how they start and they're like, so here's the outer part of the city. And they're like, and my, I think it was my mom's like, so these are the slums. And it's like, yup. <laughs> and here's the inner ring of the city and et cetera, et cetera. I, just the way they lay it out and what they what they really draw attention to and what they let the audience hopefully realize on their own, I think is, is really, really significant. Kina says, quote, our important citizens. Yikes. And indeed, uh, Noel, uh, how did you feel returning to Bossing Say? I love this episode so much. Um, mainly because it's just so wonderfully efficient in establishing that the goal has always been to get to Bossing Say, like even from what feels like basically episode one of the show of like, we eventually have to get to Bossing Say um, because they're the last, major stronghold against the Fire Nations. The only way to win the war is to get to Bossing Say, so that we can talk to the king, mobilize the Earth Kingdom, and really take care of the Fire Nation and stop the war. There is no war in Bossing Say. It's so good. Um, which r- resulted in like a number of, you know, now there is no pandemic in Bossing Say sort of rifts. Yeah. Um, after... 100%. I thought of that a lot <laughs> watching this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. hard not to. Um, so it was really, really just great to come back to this. I love how quickly that the show establishes Bossing Say is just slightly off, and then you find out that it's just this totalitarian, weird puppet state. Um, and it's just, it's really, really good, and I really, really like it. And Clancy Brown just comes in and kills it as Long Fang. Um, so I just really like it, and I'll give you two behind the scenes little notes here. Um, one is that Judy uh, is modeled after their line producer. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, um, line producers are really the people who keep everyone else in line, basically. They're the ones that control the budget and everything and say, this is too expensive. We can't do this. Um, so that's why they modeled Judy after their line producer, whom they love very, very much. But they were just like, Judy, we're going to, we're going to. We're going to make Judy our line producer, and we're going to model her after that. And she was actually really cool with it. She she appreciated the joke. Um, and then the other thing is, is that they generally consider Long Feng to be a better villain than, like, Ozai, um, because he actually gets, like, time um, and developed. But also, you get Clancy Brown, and just, you can't do anything wrong. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so... Yeah, I love I love this episode. It's really great. And we haven't even gotten to like the interjection. See what inter- Why why? <laughs> why? We're in this happy place with no jet and then you got to talk about jet. Oh, oh we got to talk about jet. We yeah, will we talk, talk about, about jet. <laughs> jet, but first we have some lovely comments from our listeners here. Marcus says it was a kind of strange balance of Brave New World and 1984 dystopias. Excellent references. Yes. Yep. 
Hard agree. Keenan says, I literally just saw an announcement that the U.S. is looking to leave the, the World Health Organization. And, well, there is no virus in Bossing Say. Um, and then Scotty says, I worked at the Children's Theater Who prior to my tour, uh, toured a show to China. And they definitely had a person who took them around and they were only supposed to see certain things and meet certain people. So, yeah, it sounds like that that really connected with your experience. Which is sort of what happened to the production team. They went to Beijing um, to do, like, um, whatchamacallit, um, art art studies and that kind of a thing to get a sense of how to build out bossing say and i think that they had a person that was basically just there to kind of keep them on point um so yeah it's fun it's fun yeah it's fun okay we can talk about jet now <laughs> we have to talk about jet though he's very important mostly because i want to talk about zuko and iro tea merchants uh, Marcus says, my sister taught in China and they had people come into classrooms to rip pages out of books because they didn't like what they said. So that's very literal. Wow. Okay. Um, so, so Jet is still terrible. I don't care. Uh, but I think the, I think the job of Jet is to get us to be even further on board with Zuko and it's working. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, I'm curious what you guys think about it, but mostly I was just very here for Iroh and, and Zuko tea merchants and Iroh being like, okay, well, we're going to fit I me. Mean, we're working here. We need money and uh, we're going to fix it because I can't serve this tea. Uh, so yeah. And of course, very wisely, not firebending. You're not going to catch him napping. Zuko, just like send him on a date. That means it's a little like, you know, my girlfriend was the moon moment and he, and he'll firebend, you know, if you pretty please don't look. But Iroh, you're not going to catch him out so easily. Um, Keenan says, if anyone told me I'd feel sorry for Jed at the end of this episode, I would have called him a liar. He is so terrible, but woof. And yes, yes, that exactly. Like, I don't like Jet. I don't care about Jet. I don't want to spend time with Jet, but I need to see what happens next with Jet because now, you know, put him. So it's like Jet versus Zuko. And now it's, okay, well, Zuko. Now we care more about Zuko. Now it's Jet, ahaha, versus. The, you know, there is no war in Bossing Say and some form of mind control, clearly. And now it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm on Team Jet. Come on. Allison, how'd you feel about it? Oh, God. Well, um, when that light started going around that loop, it was like, it was like all of a sudden a door opened in my mind and I went, oh, right. This is also a teenager who, whose life was presumably totally destroyed by the fire nation and the way that he was traumatized all of his trauma and his untreated wounds internally have all turned him into this person who is the worst but it reminded me of like oh right okay there's a reason why he's so fixated and obsessed on there there's a reason for that and this is horrific so he still sucks a lot but I'm also empathizing with him in a way that I hadn't before. And it was like the second that he was where he was, I was like, oh God, this is this traumatized, barely more than a child is being brainwashed out of his alarm. Like I just, and he's, what really gets me is he's not wrong. <laughs> like they are firebenders. Mm-hmm. And if people in that city knew who Iroh was, that would be a real issue for them. And just because he's a self-care king does not, 
mean that that isn't also true? It's so it's very complicated. Um, I like Keenan would not have believed you if you told me that I'd be worried about Jet, but I'm worried about Jet. What I want is for him to get away and then go away <laughs> forever. Yeah, but he needs to get away first. Yeah, I mean Iroh may be self care king, and you know everyone's well. My favorite, one of our, one of my favorites, one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, but he, he did too. siege the city for six hundred days. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he killed a lot of people. Yep. So yeah, they would be alarmed if they knew he was yep. there. Uh, Noel, where are you at with Jet? I mean, I really like how they use Jet here to really complement the the polite handling that our heroes get in terms of the Judies um, and Long Fang's more diplomatic approaches to being totalitarians. With Jet, we get the brainwashing, but we also get the introduction to the Dai Li, who everyone, the Dai Li are fucking horrifying, and we don't even know how horrifying they are just yet. I'm just letting, I'm just teasing you and prepping you for that, because they're scary. They're scary. Um, so we get a little bit of that here with their earthbending gloves, um, that double as shackles. Um, so let that sink in, um, all under the guise of protecting our cultural heritage. Um, so I really just, the ways in which Jet comes in and is given to the actual perils of, of bossing, say, on top of Longshot and Smellerby being like, no, we just... We're just we're just ready to move on. Like, let's make a new life for ourselves here. Um, I think just works really, 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 really well, and I really, I really like it. But also destroying, kicking a table at some guy who's routing, getting rowdy in a coffee house, isn't tea house? It's no way to get a raise. That's yeah. not how you get raises by kicking kicking your employer's tables at people. My my parents were legit surprised they still had jobs in the next episode. <laughs> Uh, he's Mark- too good of a tea brewer. <laughs> uh, he's found his true calling, right? Uh-huh. Like he spent all those years being a general and obviously what he really should have been doing all along is exactly this. It's his bliss. He, he pray loved himself right into Ba Sing Se uh, and he's going to have a, a better life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Totally going to have a better life. Um <laughs> Marcus says, would random citizens even care about firebenders? Because after all, there is no war in Bossing Say. So important to remember that they're still in the slums here. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where all the refugees are. Like, they're all aware of the war. It's the other circles and very specifically the Fire Nation, the, the Earth King. Don't know that there's still a war happening or we don't talk about the war, especially in like the middle and upper rings um, mm-hmm. in the lowest ring in the outer ring. You can talk about it. No one's going to care unless you start rabble rousing, which is what yeah. Jet was doing. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, is there anything else we want to make sure to, to hit on in the, the first episode? I mean, we got to talk about the, the, the bear. Yeah. Just yeah. A bear. The bear. The bear. This place is weird. Not 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 the platypus bear? The skunk bear? The armadillo bear. The gopher bear. <laughs> this is bear. This place is weird. I love the... I paid extra to sit by the bear. You don't know what I had to go through to get seats near the bear. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I'm checking it off of... Is there just a pig? From Marcus's comment like a week ago. I'm just going to yeah. check that off to be like, yeah, there's just, there's just pigs. There's just bears. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Scotty says, how did Judy know to meet them at the train? Their tickets were bought by Toph, not as the Avatar. My guess is that they, that Lo, Lo Fang, um, has information, like, you know, he has sources of information. He has little birds, um, and somebody, and Toph going missing shortly after interacting with the Avatar, like, that she's she's a prominent enough figure that family has has been shown to have enough sway even in busing say here that I can buy that her going missing after demonstrating mad uh um mad fi- earthbending skills around the avatar would be something that they could figure out and it was it was creepy because of that because they shouldn't know yeah they shouldn't but it's just the daily art. Yeah. Oh, Marcus says Aang said he was the Avatar just before they bought the tickets, which is true. There's that too. So yeah, that's a better answer. So what Marcus said. Um, so let's move on then to our second episode here, um, Tales of Busting Say. So uh, I, not that we need to pick between our favorites, but <laughs> who what's your favorite story, Allison? Oh God, do I really have to go first? No, no. What's your favorite story? Because he's been more time um, to think. Right, so I, I I really like all of these. Um, Zuko's probably my least favorite, even though I I enjoy awkward Zuko because um, <laughs> it's terrific. Um, I mean, I like the Toph and Katara story because self care queens like the whole thing, and there's a lot of really good like gags in that um, in that one that I really really enjoyed. The pedicure, so good, um, and the. Aang making a zoo, I think, is a really perfect sort of way of dealing with Appa without dealing with Appa. Um, Sokka's poetry jam is so good and pure. It's so good and pure. I've broken Allison because she's remembering all of it right now, and it's really good. And the way it ends is also delightful. Um, the Momo one is really beautiful and really lovely, um, but the Iron one just makes me cry real hard. And so it's really good. Um, even if it also, it's a double, it's a double cry. So the Iroh is the double cry because of just all the Iroh-ness of it all, but also because it, in honor of the voice actor who died um, during, while they were um, finishing wrapping up voice work for this season, which is why if you're paying real close attention in the scene in which he's with all the kids in like the courtyard where they're kicking the ball around, it's a different sounding Iroh, and it's because it's a different sounding Iroh. Um, it's the it's the actor who places Iroh after this season, uh, Greg Baldwin. Um, so yeah, he died. Um, shoot, um, I think he had fin- he'd finished almost everything for season two um, prior to his death, Mako's death. But he does not do any of the voice work for season three, which is regrettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Marcus votes for Momo. That's uh-huh. the best one. It's very good. Um, and notes that Aang destroyed so much farmland to make that So do. much. Just A lot. All, that, all the rice patties. <laughs> yeah. Keenan says, obviously Momo was king. So Allison, where are you at? Oh, I mean, I'm with Noel. I liked all of them. There are things I really liked about all of them. I I do have to say the one that I think, the two that impressed me the most technically, I guess let's start there, are um, the Momo story, which I thought was just just incredibly well done, like beat by beat. And then the twist when he befriends the, are they panther cats? Like what are they? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something, yeah. 
all of that, just like all of that. And then the Ira one, um, watching him sort of gently, kindly help everyone he meets, usually in a way that's just not quite what you expect, leading up to that picnic. Oh my God. Um, it, like Noel, I cried. It really just was such a gut punch. Um, and the end was so beautiful. Uh, so those, you know, I think are the best if I have mm -hmm. on my, that hat. Um, but on a personal level, uh, I cannot express to you how exactly Sokka's poetry jam is my shit. It's the most, <laughs> I can't, I, I knew it. have <laughs> rarely felt outside of like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and the odd episode of Gilmore Girls. I have never felt so seen um, I could happily write ludicrous haiku for the rest of my life. I, if all I ever got to do was write limericks, I would be thrilled. It was, it was, it was a poetry slam and a rap battle. And then also it's like he sort of invented the limerick because of course haiku, that's not like, you're not supposed to like get sick burns in with haiku. It the whole thing, it was so funny and silly and perfectly Sokka, but also just like right up my street. I just, I love, I still, I maintain, and I will not do it now because that would be a diversion, but at some point, ask me, I will tell you, the best thing I have ever written is a haiku that, not a haiku, sorry, limerick that I wrote about a friend of mine. It is, I will never be better than that. That was it. Everything else <laughs> like is just going to be me swinging at the fence and it's, I'm never going to connect quite like that. So um, I loved that one in a way that's not totally rational. It was just so, it was just perfect for me. Mm -hmm. um, but but I wrote Momo. That shot of Momo in that footprint. Oh, yeah. Uh, Diego said, not having seen the show before, I was aware of this episode by its reputation as one of the best or most emotional. I was expecting a big showdown, but it was so much more rewarding to find out it was an excellent slice of life anthology. And yeah. Definitely. The um, the first episode we watched for today actually was the one that got nominated for the an Emmy for animated uh, series. Best, you know, best animated series. Yeah. Uh, did not win, but I got nominated. Um, We have, uh, we have a couple of other ones. Keenan says, I enjoyed Toph learning to spa so much. And I just, learning to spa is such a great way to put it. And what I really liked about that one, besides just like all of it, was like <laughs> specifically what I really enjoyed is getting to see Toph like getting to see her face and like even you you can see because you can see through the makeup but just she's not hiding her face and usually that's what her bangs are doing and it's also to show that she doesn't care you know it's because you know it's it's just it's part of her personality and all these different things too that it's showing but it is so so far rare to see her hair kempt and her face like like her not hiding her face when she has a choice you know like when we see her with her parents she doesn't have a choice but I really appreciated that. It felt very special, um, which was which was good, um, and they, they like they really captured that. It was clearly very intentional. Um, then Scotty says, "Oh, I just remembered I wrote I just remembered I wrote picnic at his son's shrine, and like, yes, definitely that one." Uh, Keenan says, "Anytime we go to Momo's point of view, I love it. I love the return of the voices from our Kid Water <laughs> episode." Marcus votes for Momo, and then Toph and Katara, and then Iroh, and then Aang, and then Sokka, Sokka, and then Zuko. 
Um, so for me, I think uh, I think I would go. I think the the zoo might be my least favorite, or Zuko is my least favorite. But I would probably go Iro Momo, but they probably switch back and forth for me, and then Sokka. And then Toph and Katara, and then Zuko and Aang kind of probably switch back and forth for me. Um, but yeah, the way that the episode ends in the giant footprint, and like just like, the narrative of watching Momo like have his enemies and then like become good buddies with like there's crew now in the city. It's it's just it's very it's a very nice fun way to do it. And then to to combine his his like the trauma or sadness. But also with adventure and fun, I think they're finding a good balance of that for for, for right now. Uh, Keenan said, "Head to head out," but says, "But can't wait for Appa." So more tomorrow on that. Any final thoughts on any of these stories? Anything else that we haven't touched on, or, or besides obviously Appa, things we're looking forward to in Appa's last lost days. I mean, you talked a very good about Toph's hair and the way it looks post spawn. I think all of that's really, really lovely. But we also need to talk about her bed hair. Um, <laughs> because it's amazing. Um, because I, I, I had completely forgotten about that whole gag of her hair just being ginormous. And then I went, oh, it's pandemic hair. <gasps> the pandemic hair queen has risen. Um, and I was just like, this is so good. I love mm. this. Um, yeah, I, 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 everything Allison said about Iroh just helping folks in like this just off kilter way, like the mugger, just the mugger mm-hmm. of like, no, 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 not with that stance, this stance, but You're also not very good at this. <laughs> you should be the, you should, you would make a great masseuse. It's just like, oh, Iroh, good, pure genocidal war criminal soul. <laughs> Uh, Marcus says, Aang's couldn't be last for me because it had a certain cabbage bender. Excellent point. (laughs) That Rabaru. You want to finish that line? No, I didn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good. Well, I mean, we have all the different animals. I mean, I feel like we've touched on the the main ones, but um, I don't think I could, like, mostly we like the animals unless they're very intentionally designed to be terrifying. Obviously, the buzzard hornets. But um, I don't oh know if I God. could deal. I don't know if I could deal with the rabbitu. Like rabbits shouldn't be that big. No, no. Um, I agree, um, it, but it was yeah. still very cute. Uh, and I, I just, I need you to know that I think I had blocked. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. I was like, I just, I can't even say it out loud. It was so. It's such a nightmare. Ah. Uh, anyway, sorry, Noel. What were you saying? That's not about like- uh, buzzard hornets. Right, yeah, no. The, like the mandrill bison or whatever that, the mandrill one was very unsettling. I didn't, that was like a mashup too far, I feel like, of mm-hmm. like, that's very unsettling. This looks like something that belongs in the spirit realm, and I don't need it right here. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely getting like Minotaur vibes, you know, like some level yeah. of that. Yeah. I was glad to see turtle seals again because we had mm-hmm. seen those before, mm-hmm. right? Um, and right. also um, sparrowkeets. Sparrowkeets, yes. Yeah, I think it's my favorite name because it's a portmanteau in, uh-huh. instead of just like just smushing cat it, yeah. dog or whatever, yeah. right? It's you know. Anyway, I I, I liked the sparrowkeets quite a lot. Marcus says one of the animals was another platypus bear, right? And yeah, yes. 
Yeah, there was definitely yeah, a platypus there was, band. Yeah, there was a big platypus bear, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, there were a lot of good animals in that. And there, that's one of the things I actually do really like about Bossing Say is that because of how large it is, because it feels like a whole country onto itself, despite just being a massive city, a megalopolis sort of deal. Um, there's just, there's so much stuff that they could just drop in here because of how large it is that they then don't have to justify. So we get all of these animals. They were part of a zoo, but the, no one's coming to the zoo so that Ailee won't give me any money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that then informs the, informs the setting and the world building, which is really, really nicely done. So I just, I really like both of these episodes that just give us such a full sense of bossing say immediately um, on multiple levels. So I really like that. And I really like that it took Iroh 10 minutes to do Zuko's hair because how and why (laughs) did it take him 10 minutes to do Zuko's hair? (laughs) Oh, Zuko is just so terrible at, at, at his date. He's just really bad at it. I bought you hilarious. a coupon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a great idea. And it's like, oh, well, it wasn't my idea. I mean, come on, dude. But he, you know, he's starting from a place of no game. Eventually, I imagine he'll acquire some or earn some after some hard-won experience. <laughs> um, so obviously, we're looking forward to Appa and Appa's last days. Uh, just like. Gird your loins. Yeah, just prepare. Yeah, be prepared. Uh, Marcus, she's not my girlfriend! Like, well, not like that, she's not! No, she's not. <laughs> Congratulations! But she does, She is a good eater! Girls like when you compliment how much they eat. Like, everyone likes to be noted for how quickly they're eating. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. That's okay. It's okay. It just reminds us how young he is. Um, so tomorrow we're doing Opposite Days, and then we have four more episodes left in the season, so it'll be two and two, and we're gonna round out the season by the end of the week. Next week on Monday, we'll do our like retrospective on season two so far. So <sighs> looking forward to it. Okay, any predictions, Allison, or no? Well, I assume if it's Appa's lost days, that means he went to San Francisco and went on a bender, um, ran away from his wife, uh, really needed to sort of put some distance between himself and the rest of the world in a really self-destructive way. Um, So I'm I'm looking forward to, to the sort of gritty noir vibe that I'm expecting we'll get. That's right. He went on a bender instead of flying benders. (laughs) (laughs) I got the jokes today. Boom! All these good jokes are making me tired. Um, uh, Also, another prediction I'd like to make is that in uh, like six seconds, I'm going to irritate Kate Kulzik when I say, happy birthday, Kate. Why didn't you tell us it was your birthday yesterday? I knew it was her birthday. I just texted her. (laughs) Well, listeners say happy birthday to Kate. It was her birthday and she didn't tell us. Happy birthday, Kate. (laughs) Do you go around on your birthday being like, it's my birthday. I know, but you could have worn a party hat. I'm I'm good. Fine. I had a lovely day. We had Thai food, which is the first takeout we've had since going into shelter in place. Uh, So that was really nice. And I had some watermelon. It was delicious. I had crab rangoon. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. Well, I'm glad you had a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Scotty, Marcus, Diego. Much appreciated. They're telling me happy birthday listeners. Much appreciated. (laughs) You guys are all, you guys are all lovely and wonderful. Um, Okay. I didn't bring it up because I, I, 
didn't think she'd want me to bring it up. I don't I don't no, like when people fine. mention my birthday. So I don't either. <laughs> I'm a total hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's just yeah, it's a birthday. Everybody got them. So yeah. You know, it's nice to have it recognized and it was and it's all good. Okay. So now that uh we've ended our, our what's the Eddie Izzard thing, I like to end the set with a bit of a huh. And I feel like we've achieved that. So uh let's finish <laughs> our conversation here and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about uh, season two or book two earth episode 16 opposite last days so until then bye, bye. bye.